Our country is more divided than ever before, and not just between those who put pineapple on their pizza. There's members on both sides of the aisle uh, who are more interested in making noise than they are about governing. From the committee rooms to this floor, we commit to pursue the truth passionately. There's a mic right there. And that's a damn short walk. It's why people don't trust people like you, because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. We must all hang together, Benjamin Franklin said, or assuredly we will all hang separately. Previously on Dakota Town Hall. Of the Freedom Caucus members that were on this roster, a lot of them are representative. Got posted in the Senate and they all denied it. Let's talk about revenue estimates. You know, they use two entirely different methods to get at their estimate, which is a good thing because you can check on each other. Let's call that nukes, energy, and maybe pipelines. Yes, it's great that we've expanded our wind capacity and that electrical generation and renewables. Where you stand on that depends on where you sit. Free school lunches for, I want to say it's K-12. The issue there, and the reason it really got voted down was that it was pretty expensive. 40 billion, or 40 million plus. So 40 it, billion, it, that's a lot of Twinkies. 40 million, 40 that's million. an affordable amount of Twinkies. Another episode of Dakota Town Hall, South Dakota's premier weekly political podcast with Jake Schoenbeck. Noah Grebel, I am Murdoch from the Home Slice Group out in Rapid City. With my East River brethren, we're joined right away this week with uh, with uh, with some with some heavy hitters with the big winner in the in the in the news this week, Mr. Lee Schoenbeck. Thanks for joining us. I don't know if big winner is the right word, but uh, happy to join you guys. Hey, I listen to you every week. I, my first question is this: Are you getting along with the potheads this year? Um, you know. My voting record hasn't changed, uh, which, uh, <laughs> which means I, I probably don't qualify as their best friend, but they did give me a tie as a gift. They it's did. Got all these weed plants on it, so it's probably not going to get worn. Did you look into the uh, THC content on that tie? Be careful. I, I didn't. I asked him. I, I said on the Senate floor, where it was given to me on the Senate floor. I said, I don't know if I was supposed to smoke it or burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess if we, uh, Jake, where do you want to start? All right. Well, uh, yeah, Senator Schoenbeck here. Let's get right into it. It's been uh, quite a year. I would say it's a year. It's been a little more, a little more smooth sailing between the two houses. Would you agree with that? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, uh, you're two Watertown guys at the head of both both houses right now. You and Hugh. Yeah. Although I, I would give as much credit, if not more, to the majority leaders as well. Um, what we have going on now for the first time in had six years at least in most of the last 12 where this wasn't the case, where the House and Senate leadership, we have a pretty high regard for each other. And so uh, we try and work together, solve problems, keep things moving, moving smoothly. We talk probably daily, not probably, we do talk daily, multiple times during the day. And, and when you're always solving the problems like that, you don't have all these intramural side fights that slow things down. And we, we just don't do that. I, I hold the House leadership in extremely high regard, and every member of the Senate leadership feels the same, and, and it's vice versa. And quite frankly, it would be unacceptable amongst our Senate leadership group for anybody to badmouth one of the House leaders. All right, well, let's get into some of the bills. Uh, it's definitely tax week. So we've seen quite a bit happen in the tax space this week. Now, the three big bills that were in House appropriations. We saw two of the three die, property tax, uh, food tax, and then sales tax passed. That passed the House. It passed the House, I want to say, pretty handily, uh, 66 to... Like three, maybe. Three, yeah. It was handily passed in the House. It's going to the Senate. What are your thoughts on that going to the Senate, Senator? Well, I think you have to 
look at what happened in the house, at least to partially set the table. Uh, you know, there were three tax bills, the property tax bill. Uh, we thought they might send two over. Uh, they made it clear to the governor, they being the house leadership on Monday evening that they, that the sales tax was going to die in the house. And it, it probably didn't have any better future in the Senate. Uh, but I thought they might send over both the property tax and the uh, sales tax cut, uh, the broad one. Uh, this house made the decision to just send out the uh, broad based sales tax reduction. I think it's goes from, from 4.5 to 4.2% the state sales tax. Uh, and to be clear about where the house stands, uh, the governor asked the house to smoke that bill out that they had just killed. And I think something like 10 members stood on the house floor on the sales tax um, repeal to smoke it out of which in other words was to force the committee to deliver it to the house floor to vote. I think you need 24 to stand and they there was around 10. In the house uh, appropriations meeting, you hear them constantly say, this is our caucus's position when they're voting. So I think it's you're correct to say that they are a very strong United group over there. Yeah, so the, we're clearly done with the sales tax discussion. That's not going to be part of it. Having said that, sorry, the, food I tax. Think, or sell food sales tax, excuse me. Uh, um, can I, said, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Let me just let me just stay on that for a second. There's no way we're going to see a food tax anything yet this session. I, you know, people can take runs at things, but when you've got the house where which was the more favorable environment for it most overwhelmingly repudiating it really twice i i don't see that happening um and and just in fairness uh, to the governor i you know she started the discussion i i, I wouldn't have picked the horse that she was riding um but but there is going to be a tax cut without a doubt and i would have been skeptical i was skeptical about that uh, going into even up until probably this week, because my big deal is, man, you got to make sure you can pay your bills. And and you can't, you have to be able to deal, if this is a temporary increase due to the stimulus money or the inflation, uh, you can't make long-term decisions based on short-term revenue issues. And I mean, it looks like we're going to have, at least for some period of time, some substantial income. So I'm sure that the discussion she started is going to end up happening, but it isn't going to be the way she wanted it. It's going to be a different vehicle. Any that's chance. Go ahead, Jake. That's definitely a different tune than you were saying, you know, a few weeks ago at the beginning of the session when it comes to uh, tax cuts. Yeah, because because for me, it's all about fiscal responsibility. I mean, I, I, I'd love to get rid of all taxes, but at the end of the day, you got to keep the nursing homes open, the schools open, you know, take care of the roads. And, and I think you have to, the first obligation is fiscal responsibility. We, there's two fiscal years involved here. We're in the middle of one. And because of the revenue increases for this year, we're in the middle of, they're going in and looking at new spending bills, uh, one-time uses of funds, and they're still going to have money left to be able to pay for a tax cut. And it's clear next year um, there will be as well. I mean, it's not clear that there will be three or four years from now um, as this economy issue. You uh, have any insight on the Democrats blaming Noam for the food tax, blaming her maybe absences from the state from the food tax going down? Well, it didn't help that she was gone. And by the way, that's not the first governor. I remember Mike Rounds taking off to go to D.C. for a few days. And when he came back, he said, OK, we're going to deal with the general bill now. I said, Governor, it's done. Um, I mean, it, this is a full contact sport all day long. Every day we're in session. So you got to be here. Having said that, I don't think that would have changed the outcome on the uh, sales tax on food issue. Um, 
I mean, it was going to die in the Senate no matter what. I was a little surprised that the House felt as strongly as they did, but they obviously felt very strongly. Uh, there's another tax bill in the Senate that came up just a little bit ago. I want to say 30 minutes ago, just passed the Senate on a 19 something vote, 1917 vote, 1916 vote. There's some good math. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. It's a local municipal tax. And I, as a Sioux Falls person, I'm excited about it. That money will go towards us building up our downtown in a lot of ways. That's for the bid district, the business improvement districts. It's an yes. option for local governments. It's called an occupation tax, but it means occupation as in occupying a room. Um, it's a it's a tax on your uh, motel bill, really. Uh, and it was could have been $2. Now it's got a max of $4 or a percentage. Um, the, the tourism industry across South Dakota heavily, heavily wanted that. Uh, passed through the House with a stronger margin than it got through the Senate. But it, I mean, it just got through by two votes in the Senate. We just passed it now. It's All going right. to give more, more money for, for communities to do tourism and things to promote people coming to their communities. A lot of people want to go, you know, East River tourism and skip all that really beautiful stuff we have out here out west. Yeah, yeah. we're going to put bigger the, gas stations corf- in Wyoming. Yeah, the the gas station through. museum or, the, or the, the, the new funding for the rest area museum. Real quick, Murdoch, before we go, I want to switch I want to switch topics a little bit to um, SJR 502. I noticed it a couple of weeks ago and definitely wanted to ask you about it. it. The title has something to do with, right, switching the presiding officer of the Senate. Can you kind of explain where where does that kind of go? And is this something that other states are doing and South Dakota is coming along? Or are we taking the charge on this? So that's a, a resolution, a Senate joint resolution. It's to ask if it gets through both houses, it then goes on the ballot. The voters would decide because it's a constitutional amendment. I think probably all the states in America, except Nebraska, because they have unicameral legislature, all the states started out uh, duplicating the federal model where the vice president presides over the Senate. Uh, South Dakota, as did just, I think, 49 states did that. 25 states, everybody that's modernized their constitution has removed the lieutenant governor's duties from presiding over the Senate. And there's a kind of simple reason. It strengthens the legislature to have their own member presiding over their body. The House has the Speaker of the House preside. He's one of their members. This would allow the Senate to have exactly the same thing one of the senators providing or presiding. And what you typically do, which is what the U.S. Senate does, is you rotate those responsibilities around because one person who's actively involved in the chamber doesn't want to be standing, wouldn't be able to stand there all day, every day. Past the Senate already. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem like a hard sell to the House. In fact, I don't know if the House would even care too much. Well, they killed it in 2006 when I presented it. So we'll see if they have a little better judgment this time. I I'm, now I'm excited for the quotes about how this is just you know, another show and back power grab. Yeah, and, and to be clear about two things, one of them is I'm not running again, so it doesn't affect me in any respect. And the other one, it's got a delayed implementation. It wouldn't affect the current Lieutenant Governor, Larry Roden. It would take it go into effect at the end of his term. Um, and if, and if it doesn't happen this way, then and it's clear there are senators interested that we, we could do it by rule, which is what the U.S. Senate does, where you just make it a ceremonial um, presiding by the there, the vice president, your lieutenant governor, and you just bring them in. We thought there might be ties. Can we talk about China? I want to start <laughs> with your next career as a box elder real estate agent. <laughs> So uh, what we're talking about there is actually there were two bills on the Senate floor that day. Uh, the governor was involved in both of them. One of them passed, one of them didn't. 
there's another bill that Representative Will Mortensen, I believe, has gotten, I know has gotten through the House already that's in a was in a Senate committee this morning. I assume it's going to pass out. So let me take the, the two that aren't as colorful for you, if I might first. Representative Mortensen's bill will require that on the certificate of value with the real estate transaction, you have to indicate if you have foreign ownership. It's a way to get information that is currently not available and that you can't tell from looking at a deed. You don't know if an LLC that bought property is owned you know, 90% by Murdoch and 10% by Putin or, or, uh, or three Danish people and two Germans. You don't, you can't tell from the deed. Uh, the other bill that went through the Senate, the governor was involved in, supported it, which is has to do with contracts with five particular countries, uh, restricts the ability to have those contracts. Really, it's concerned about uh, computer software and things. Um, and that one has been amended so that it so that it didn't interfere with, uh, particularly in the residential system, how they do business and who they interact with, the colleges. Universities. So the other one, the one that of course got all the attention, is the land deal. Mm -hmm. And that land deal is not a China bill. It was all foreign entities. So if you think about the people from the Netherlands buying land by for the dairies over in the eastern part of the state, this would have covered them as well. Uh, Some from Canada that wanted to buy land in South Dakota, they would be covered by it. And the, the fundamental problem, it's not about whether you feel that you don't want to have uh, you know, communist China having an interest in South Dakota. The fundamental issue is from the deed that is the real estate transaction document, you can't tell the information that people want to claim you, it, it's just not there. And it would, in, and so it, it would put the power in a board appointed mostly by the governor and ultimately the decision made by the governor on whether somebody could buy, some rancher in Western South Dakota could buy or sell their land to some LLC from Ohio that may or may not have some interest. It's it's way more big government than you ever convinced South Dakota to buy, I believe. And I mean, the, the list of groups that were unified against it, uh, it there's a, a flyer, it's, every ag it's, it's the stock growers, the wheat, South Dakota corn, the wheat growers, the soybean people, the Register of Deeds Association, everybody was opposed to this uh, because it doesn't work on the ground with how real estate transactions function. That doesn't mean somebody isn't going to figure out a way to do it. And I think there's going to continue to be interest in it. I know there is. But, but this bill was not ready for prime time. And, and the comments about Box Elder, what happened is... <laughs> there were, Finally, two minutes <laughs> later. Come on, man. There were, there were two, two sort of South Dakota issues brought up. One of them is food security. Well, I don't think the concern is about China buying ag land and buying up all the corn land and stuff. China actually, a Chinese interest owns Smithfield already, um, you know, which is the John Morrell plant in Sioux Falls. So, and wouldn't have been covered by this bill. So, I mean, that's a legitimate thing to be concerned about having a foreign government controlling a huge part of your, um, one part of your protein market in America. But this bill didn't do that. That got brought up, but it didn't address it. And then there was the issue as well at, by Grand Forks, the commies bought some land somewhere near there. And they would do that here for surveillance purposes. And I point out real estate, uh, residential real estate isn't covered. You can go into Box Elder, <laughs> which is right next to the air base. <laughs> you, you can buy a double wide and put anything you want on the roof and you're gonna be able, you're gonna be less conspicuous and get anything you could get from that kind of technology. I'm no geek at all on that stuff. At least as much or more than you can get by buying a thousand acres out by Faith, South Dakota. So, just the, I mean, the, if you really, if that was the concern, <laughs> protecting elders, 
You're going to have to go regulate the real estate transactions in the city of Box Elder. You want a split open in a Radio Shack in Box Elder? I think we'd kill it. <laughs> Stuck a vacation home, you know? I get people's concerns, but you have to have something that works on the ground. I mean, there's a reason why every ag group in South Dakota said this is a bad idea. So do you think there is a spot for this eventually? It just wasn't the right time slash it wasn't well built out? It isn't going to be a uh, – two things. It isn't going to be a state-based thing. It's going to take the federal government, initi- government initiative to do it because you're going to have to – if you're concerned about food security, it, it's, it's a whole lot of real estate you need to address. Um, and and just the mechanics of it, it's, it would have to be a federal issue if it got done. So, okay, we're almost at the end of our time with you here. Uh, I want to ask one more question. Um, we see a lot of bills that hit the news, whether it's transgender or this China bill. What bill this session had, will have the biggest impact but did not have the biggest impact on the news cycle? Well, that's a good question. Well, the, um, I, I'll, I'll give you two that passed like in the first 10 days. Um, without and so the housing infrastructure, two hundred million dollars. That money is going to be going out all every town, small towns, big towns, all across South Dakota, and that's going to be going out April or May about putting infrastructure in the ground for houses to get built. That's a huge impact, two hundred million. You guys, everybody hears the national news, so that doesn't seem like a big number. That's a massive number in this little building where I work. That's a huge number. That hasn't gotten as much attention because we did it so smoothly and we got it through almost as quick in terms as you could. So I, I guess we got, in terms of press, we got penalized for efficiency. If we'd have dragged that baby out for three months, you know, people would have said, oh, wow, this is a big deal. That's really big. I think the $18 million uh, tax cut for the unemployment insurance, because that's overfunded. So now that affects every small business, everybody across South Dakota, $18 million. That's a big tax cut. Yeah. That's a for our little dollars in South Dakota. It's probably something like the second or third biggest tax cut that the state's ever had, and you hardly saw it in the news. Where's that Harding County crypto gas mine thing? What, whatever, is there's something going on in the session with that this year? You couldn't have massacred that topic any better, but the, the, I, I don't know. Listen, if I, I've listened to the committee hearings, I'm um, I am on par with the rest of you. Back off. I, 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 I'm not sure what the Harding County thing you're talking about or the gas mine, but there's a crypto issue that's getting, I mean, I probably got 400 emails on it. I'm not, I'm not kidding the last two weeks. And it's a, now if that's the one, that's just the, there's a uniform commercial. This may, this should go into the category of the most ridiculous ginned up PR thing by a right-wing fringe group uh, in South Dakota that's this a, year. That's, uh, a, that's a long list, sir. That's, I know it's a competitive field, yes. but, but um, the, the the uniform commercial code is being updated. It's regularly updated. You like the uniform commercial code. That's how the people that buy the television that you buy uh, do their bills of lading and get the televisions in their store. It's every transaction. Well, they're updating it to address cryptocurrency issues. New stuff. All of and Murdoch, they're mostly drinking the same water you're drinking. Hey, I'm in 34. I'm clearly in 34. They're out, out, they're coming almost all from the Black Hills region um, or a county touching it, and uh, and they fresh think off the box elder real estate, right out of their box yeah, elder yeah. double wides. <laughs> they're getting out of their double wides and emailing us from their parents' basement, and um, I'm I'm telling you, it's all about how the government's trying to take over the money system. I mean, it's the most tinfoil hat collection emails you've ever seen. Um, I mean, it's, it because of it, I am a two-page memo brief here on some technical uniform commercial code issues that we need to read and be prepared. 
because some good people, like a friend of mine that's a fireman in Rapid emails me and says, hey, what is this? Is this guy? I said, no, that's tinfoil hat stuff. Oh, thanks. I, I guessed that, he thought. But, you know, you have to be able to respond because there's, a, you know, we got 870,000 people in the state and 865,000 of them don't think like those people that send all those emails to us. Um, and so we have to be able to explain it to the good folks out there that what we're doing is important for keeping economic transactions happening in our state. That happens to be the Uniform Commercial Code one. Are you looking for a, are you looking for a good idea to bring to the floor yet this year? I got one for you. I'm so happy the bill deadline has passed because I can only just guess. Yeah, you don't want oh, anything that oh, he's about to say. You can hog house. Yeah, you can hog house. I think we should hog house away. You know how Pablo Escobar has all them hippos down in Colombia? I think Reptile Garden should get a couple of them. And like tourism can promote it, and soybean and corn can feed it, and gnome can run on it. It's a win for everybody. Substitute motion. Let's not let Murdoch and Jake bring any legislation this year. I think we respect the deadline. I found the perfect pet project for Johnny B, and that's to get a couple of these rhinos into 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 or, hip, or hippos? hippos, hippos, hippos. Don't start country. with the rhinos. We got plenty of rhinos. Nothing but rhinos in this state. That's all it seems but, to be. They say. I, I, I'm going to have to go back out to the Senate floor, but let me let me just say this, and I, I know you, you guys live more for controversy than than um, than love fest, but um, the the House and Senate have worked together better than it's in a in a decade. It's been fantastic, and while we've had our bumps with the governor this past week, I mean, if when people step back and look, it's uh, I hope that the next two and a half weeks don't turn into some kind of a blood fest. It shouldn't. I think that. I mean, everybody should walk away from this saying it was a pretty good session for South Dakota. Senator, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for all the hard work you're doing here. And so it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Right, take care, you guys. Yeah. Thanks, Lee. Take it Thanks, Senator. I thought he'd kind of let the governor off the hook a little bit because, you know, that China bill was advertised as a China bill. I know he's saying Netherlands and everything else, but like that thing was pitched to the entire state as China. That was a presidential what? platform bill. What does he want from the governor that he's being so nice? Uh, you know, it, you know when you uh, are beating the pants off your opponent in the seventh inning and you don't want to be rude? I believe that's what that looks like. He's running the score up a little bit. A little, yeah. It's, you know, I think once you're knocking the, knocking the snot out of your opponent, maybe you want to have a little grace. I, that, that's something to be said for that in South Dakota politics. Let's go off of that because I actually want to talk about that. So, obviously, right, you're not getting your sales tax cut on your groceries this year. You're not getting the property tax cut. I want to make an important note. Jake, you predicted this, actually. Jake said from the start they were going to make this a Republican Party issue. I feel like I mean, yes and no. No, maybe. I guess I would say no because, like, I'll use Mary Fitzgerald as a perfect example. When that, when this thing got passed, for, when the, when the final tax bill that is going to get through come out from four point five to four point two, her first Twitter post was a lump of coal. Yeah, she was uh, a lot of really odd Twitter posts, honestly, during the entire thing with her. Um, but I, I kind of thought that whole game of it being a Republican issue was going to come out more after it got through the house. That's what that, that's where that thing clicked in. And I don't think Noam Sarge dead dying like that. I thought she, well, I think she thought she had a more friendly environment in the house. That's what I, she started I certainly about. think she thought she had a more friendly environment in the house. I also think, you know, um, the, even, even, you know, mass test messages to the local Cracker Barrels and a pretty good hard public vote whip count at 93%. I, 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 I really think 
I, I, to Noah's point, I guess I guess I'm uh, disagreeing with you a little that I wouldn't call it a Republican win. I think the food tax dying is something that the Democrats can now get a foot in the door on for future campaigns. That's a very, very good point. I mean, it was definitely Democrat-backed when, when you look at the votes. Um, I think Duba did vote against it on House appropriations. She did. But not but because it was more had to do with kind of the environment that was there and the agreements that had been had on what tax was going to pass and what wasn't. And well, she wanted to go a little further. And yeah, Can I throw this at you, too? I'd like you, both your answers on this. So uh, on the same week, and I'm, this, is why I, this is all my Republican buddies are calling me the Alan Combs of the show. On the same week, we're talk, passing the largest tax cut the, scene, the state's seen in how long? $104 million tax cut from 4.5 to 4.2. The very same day, we're on the floor talking about how we can't afford to take care of the elderly, the poor, and the disabled in this state. There's a, there's a certain tone deafness to that, I'd say, to the Republican Party. They should get their arms around a little. I'd like both your thoughts. I don't disagree. Um, I, I think uh, it brings to a macro level, if you look at what uh trump has always said and ran on is that he will not cut medicaid he will not cut social security he will not cut things that affect the elderly and who are often at times because it's probably why it's the voters is why he cares about that so much so but i agree um i think we should be looking at maybe dealing with that funding before we start cutting things but i i I don't know i'm not sure where that debate goes because they wanted a tax cut they got a tax cut I thought about that when it came to the Medicaid reimbursement rate too, right? Going it up to a hundred. If we want to cut taxes, but at the same time, it's like, well, we can't do this and we can't do that. With this much, you know, this increase in revenue, I don't think anyone here is against a tax cut. I think, you know, there's always the other side of it, right? There's always other things that could, that we could talk about that we could do and should do, right? And I think we've made some strides this year, but I guess, is Whitman's bill still alive? The driver's license one? No, I don't think so. Is it? It's done, done. Okay, well, you know, that would be an example of like, you know, because we have the money, some of those little projects that we could do, we could put this much a year towards it or whatever. Everyone wants a tax cut. But I, I agree with what Lee said, you know, got to pay your bills over the next couple of years, like Noam said, in the House Committee on Appropriations, did she not say that the sales tax cut on food is showing up on the ballot next year? If I remember right, she kind of her her answer to it was a version of like, well, you know, this was a mistake on the Republicans' part because the the Democratic version of this won't be as good. I guess that's a it's a it's a hard pitch to throw, but that's the pitch I kind of saw. See, I, I'm just overall not convinced we need a tax cut at all. I think if you look at our tax environment, which I think is an important thing to look at when it comes to taxes, is we are one of the lowest tax states in the country. And there is a correct level of taxation. And I also think with that $104 million, we could have done a lot more. That would have been basically not taking much out of the pockets. In fact, if you go to Costco and spend 150 bucks and the sales tax cuts, like you get five bucks off. I kind of agree bucks. with that. And then I guess right. at the heart of it all, I just, I think personally, and not, not ever having to have been in a committee and I'm not an appropriator, but the property tax under 100K and the food tax to me was... A, 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 a more appropriate tax cut for the South Dakotans that would have needed it. Um, I, I also think um, we, we're such a we're such a huge tourist destination. I, I one of the rare instances I'll agree with Noam. A sales tax cut across the board. We, that's a lot of tourism money that come out comes out into the West River and the hills and even Missouri fishing and pheasant hunting. And and I I guess I wouldn't have went that route. Let me put it this way. That's $104 million that now that we are a pro-life state and there's no abortions allowed, could put money towards that, towards making that a true thing with supporting our children, like with free lunch meals at school, like I talked about last week. 
that money could have gone to a lot of good uses overall, in my opinion. I'll pitch in there and just say that, I mean, I like the proposal that went through. Like, I I really do like the overall sales tax cut. It's I think it's a good decision because it affects, I mean, it'll affect all areas. But at the same time, you know, I really do see the argument. The price of food has hit families hard, especially over the last year. But it's something about, you know, we're not picking where we're cutting the taxes. You know, it's just broad across the board. It might help tourists, but you're also helping. You're given that across the board, you know, to every South Dakota, whether you're on benefits or not. You know, it's simple. I'm not an accountant. Jake, you're a banker. Is a point two? Does that does that drive everybody crazy? If I had to like point five and 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 point zero math is easy to me, but point two math now I got to get a calculator out. I mean, if you look at your mortgage, uh, you know, a 3.5 versus a 3.2 is not big of a deal difference. I mean, sure, it is in the long run, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's that big of a difference. I I, I really don't think this tax cut was needed, is the end of the day what I think. I mean, $104 million, this, like, the tax was increased last time, 2016, to pay for teacher salaries. How about we increase teacher salaries with that money? There are right. so many things we could have done for the general public good do, with that, that was money. That argument as well when she, when she declined it. Oh, shh. Yet. Sorry, sorry, buddy. Uh, sorry. Now I'm like, oh, I just found a Democrat argument. God dang it! It's like it's like the stupid potholes we'll here in Sioux Falls. They're right. everywhere. We'll scrub that from the wreck. No, we won't. No, um, that's good. A that's couple fine. of notes I saw too. You know, um, they passed 13 million dollars for the Sanford Lamp funding. That went through. I thought that was really smart because if that wouldn't have went through, they would have had to raise 25 million for the same 13. So I'm glad that the state was smart enough to do that. The other funding, that prison funding, went through. Did that go through committees? Where did where was Jake? Do you know where that's at? Yep, that went through. Was it joint? Oh, it was House appropriations that went through. Uh, it was sixty million towards a women's prison in Rapid City. Well, actually, sorry, an extension of the current women's prison in Rapid City, and then HB one zero one seven three hundred forty million for a men's prison in Sioux Falls. Both past appropriations are going to the House floor next. Prison funding is something that's, you know, it's going to get more political. Um, I, get, I guess this is an instance where it was probably just needed in the fact where, like, if you remember, the penitentiary was built in, what, the 1890s or something. That's an old-ass building. It's hard for me to want to argue for more prison funding in America as a philosophy, but this is one of these instances where buildings in 1890 need to be replaced eventually. Yeah, 1881, it was built. It yeah, I agree. This is a very much needed funding. And I think I thought when we asked my father about what his you know, big bill was, that was understated in the session. I thought he was going to bring up this bill. Uh, I hadn't passed yet. This is a big bill. It's going to have a big Im- impact on South Dakota and the safety of our state. I want to make a comment, too, about the economics of tax cuts. So when you make a tax cut, part of the thing was that uh, we're dealing with inflation and therefore people need more money. Fun fact, the way inflation works is if you put more money into the supply, it will increase inflation. That was driving me insane hearing people say that, that we're going to you know, deal with inflation with a tax cut. It's like, sorry, actually not how that works. It'd be cool if it did, but just not how that works. Was that was somebody making those arguments in committee? That's that. I mean, I would that sounds like something that's on Pat Powers' comment section. It's it was kind of all over the place. I mean, I don't know if I saw direct comments in committee on that, but you saw it just in general on, you know, if it was Twitter, if it was on uh, Facebook. You saw a lot of that. I was it was driving me insane. And whether or not they were informed individuals, I was just like, that's that's just not how this works. Sorry. I saw uh, Corey at Dakota Free Free Press is having a field day with his headlines this week because Noam's not having the best political week of her career. Yeah, it was yeah tough, tough week for her, as we said earlier. Speaking of Pat Powers, 
I'm back on War College. I had to go look. I go look every week in the middle of the show just to see if we're missing something. And apparently there was a comment made by Senator Round's chief of staff. And there's some introductions made at the Lincoln Data Center in Hughes County. And apparently, according to Pat, it was ended with Round's, quote, serving closer to home in the future. This was last two nights ago. Wow. I think it's the Hughes County one. If he was going to start hinting at a gubernatorial run, he would certainly do it in Hughes County. You know what? I had heard a lot of background noise about this Hughes County dinner, actually. No sources or anything. But basically that there was a lot of people wanting to get the tables full for this one to kind of show support for Round's. It's kind of what it looked like to me. I think he's running. I, I think that is very, very much becoming clear. So then who do we have? We have Rounds. We have potentially Dusty. Who else? If I were to kind of put a roadmap out there, Rounds runs for governor. Pretty much most Republican establishment backs out. Um, Dusty runs for Senate. What? No. Yep. 100%. You... Yep. No yep. way. No. These are smart people. They know how this works. They all get along. Talking about two guys that are in D.C. together and not going to go head-to-head for that governor. Used, I agree that the state... Yeah, he's generally, got a point. Jake's got a point. Jake's got a point. I, I think that is generally the way it used to be, but I, I guess ambition is ambition, and there is a lot of butts that are looking for the next rung up on the ladder. I, I, don't, I think that's a challenging primary for rounds. I, I think if he puts his name in, uh, you're going to see everyone back out. You're going to see the far right put some... Taffy Howard or something like that in there. That's always entertaining. Can't wait for that. Dusty moves um, to Senate. Dusty runs for Senate. That makes sense. And then you have someone running for the House, whether it's um, Ten Haken, Casey Crabtree, uh, probably not Marty Jackley. I think he's going to stay in state. You think um, Jackley stays AG? Stays AG. Uh, I don't see him running for uh, House Representatives. I don't see that happening. Um I don't think anyone would challenge Dusty for that Senate seat off the top of my head. Um, no one uh, Republican that has any standing, at least. No. So, no, no one's going to go cash in on a Fox News job. Uh, yeah, I think that's odds on favorite now. But, you know, I think I think being senator looks cool. <laughs> and she's she's wildly popular, man. I mean, maybe not as much this week in the in the inside of pier. But, you know, I, I, I that just don't go away. I don't know. Does she want to be the junior senator? It's not nothing. Uh, I think in her head, I bet she thinks it's a step down considering the national platform she has built, which it's not a large platform, but she's built one. So I think going in having to do policy work for six years is not in her ballpark. Not what she wants to do. She wants to go get headlines. She wants to go talk to people. She wants to be vice president. Um, and Senate's not the spot for that. I would like your guys' dark horse pick for House rep candidates. Early, early dark horse, long odds pick for U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, Will Mortensen. That's a good dark horse. He's going to go the dusty route, go to D.C. for a decade, and then come back and be governor. That's Well, that's a, that's a lane. All right. How about you, Noah? Or I have mine if you want to keep thinking, mm. then I'll go to you. Yeah, I got to keep thinking. You like mine? Jeffrey Partridge. Why? Why? Why do you say that? I'm all in on that. He's Noam's budget dude, and like, and and I think he could. I think he'd do well, and I think you know. I think it's going to be a a hard. I think anybody can win that race if if what you're saying is true, and everybody kind of moves where they move. Then I don't think everyone's going to play nice and agree on who's going to run for house. And I I could see that getting put together pretty quick. Long shot, like, oh, this is this is tough call. Um, I gotta go with Amber Arlen. Wow, that is a dark horse. That's a dark horse. 
Or Caden you know, Whitman. He about, how about, or Taylor Rayfeld. One about, of the three. Tay Ray would be on my dark horse list. Or, that, or heels. I think I think Aaron would be on that list as well. That's looks T- like uh Tony. All um, that work I, requirement nonsense would make me think that maybe. You are I'll have Tony on here a third time. We want to do this again. I just had to kick him a little more. Well, let's, I want to, let me add to what I mentioned that three list. It's like, I don't know, because all of those, yeah, they'd all be far out, but like, and I've never asked any of them if they've ever wanted to, but like, you know, it may be a while if they ever wanted to do it, but I think any of them, any of anyone on the list that we just mentioned could do that job and do it well. Brad Estes announced for the Rapid City Mayoral today. So that's now at least a three-way race. It is Brad Estes, Jason Solomon, and Laura Armstrong. Um, uh, Maybe Ron Weifenbach. I don't don't know if he's declared. So what's the, uh, what's the deal with that race? What's the topics that are big? I know nothing about this race. It won't, I don't, I think it's too soon to kind of know what the, what the race will actually be about. Um, it's a rare race where it doesn't look like everybody's going to hate each other. And most of the candidates are good candidates. It's nice to see that really. I think it's, uh, uh, you know, I, I think Jason's a more conservative, um, you know, he's, he's more conservative and, and, and Estes, Brad Estes would be more of a business Republican and, and, uh, you know, I, um, Laura, I don't know if she would represent the left necessarily, but more of a left, um, candidate. represents Murdoch. No, I'm an S, I'm an S's guy. Um, and then, you know, Ron, I, it, it, I, this not, might not be fair to Ron, but Ron would be the more, you know, hard, right. And that's it this week for Dakota town hall. Thank you everybody for listening. I want to thank our listeners. They've been awesome reaching out to us a lot, listening to episodes. And we really appreciate that a lot. So keep it up and keep listening. Thanks uh, again for Senator Schoenbeck for coming on with us as well. Next week on Dakota Town Hall. So next week, I like to find on this show, you know, in terms of the guests that we bring on, you know, we always try to say that we could be fair and have a conversation with, you know, just about anyone. And I like to find someone, honestly, from the more conservative side. If see if there's any one of those guys that wants to come on and have a conversation about the issues. I think it's only D- fair. And I'm in you know, DC next week. It'd be, be good. A good chance to get an interview in. That you know, some of them folks don't want to talk to me as much. They might talk to you guys a little bit. So like, I'm since I'm out of town next week, maybe you guys can you know talk to Wait. the QAnon segment of the South Dakota Republican Party. I think uh, Hanson, if if we were going to make a list of who could represent them well. I think that, I think you're right. Uh, Aylward, I think would be a good one to have on as well. Um, I think if, you know, he's claiming he's leadership of the, or leader of the Freedom Caucus. There you go. Next week, going to be more tax, uh, tax talk. I know we've done that. That's the big issue this year. That prison stuff's going to go through the house. I'm looking forward to see that coming out the other end. I think there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be a lot to catch up on next week. One thing that I want to dig into as the bill moves forward, let's talk about those, that ballot measure bill certain amount of signatures from each district. Yeah, that's got to come up. Stay tuned on that next week. Let's see if we can find someone that'll come on and talk about it. Uh, We got SB40 still in the chamber. It's somewhere out there. The uh, John Wick has time to find a solution for it on the party side. So it either is going to be a dead resolution or one that's going to have a lot of teeth to it still. So wait and see. I'd also say that, you know, once, once you, once you get the score run up on you a little, there's always a counter punch. So I, I'd like to see Gnome's responses on her land bill going down and her tax cuts going down. 
Dakota Town Hall, South Dakota's weekly podcast. Episodes available every Friday. For more information or to request availability, please go to dakotatownhall.com. Dakota Town Hall is presented in partnership with Home Slice Audio, produced by Leslie Klein. Music and audio production by Oakley Tai. Research by Home Slice Audio and Dakota Town Hall. Graphics by Timmy Grablander. Social media content by Scout Wheeler. And website design by Trey Wynn. Editorial advisor and executive producer, Brad Murdoch Jurgensen. Special thanks to all of our weekly guests. While we try to be accurate with all of our information, this show is recorded live and errors may happen. For corrections, please visit dakotatownhall.com. Hosted by Noah Grable, Jake Schoenbeck, and Brad Murdoch Jurgensen. Dakota Town Hall, another Home Slice Audio production.